Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. But when? We bring you locked on Clippers five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Make us your first listen. Get hyped for this Clips vs. Heat preview. Kill some windshield time. It's a fun hang. It is a fun hang. And as Charles alluded to, kicking off the hang today, we're going to be talking Clips, taking on the Heat at home this is going to be a huge one for the streak so we're going to talk about what we need to do well to get that win as well as what could go wrong give you a couple of key matchups to take a look at and then it's thirsty thursday every single thursday we talk about who and what we're thirsty for basically what we want to see more of uh we're gonna talk about surge who has been demoted or uh, i don't know demoted yeah to the g league (laughs) uh we're also just yeah i mean it's hard to pick out things that we need to see more of with this five game winning streak other than just winning uh but we're gonna talk about that and then i also kind of have some notes about some other lineups around bledsoe that have been a little bit effective some good stuff in there yeah and then in shavings uh we're we're gonna talk about uh, a new hot term in the nba which is of course ghost screens uh some injury news and then a cool kind of clip was released from the clipper social media that kind of showed some locker room stuff so we'll talk about that as well but before we get into it i gotta let you know this episode of locked on clips is brought to you by mcdonald's Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food and rock and roll. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Clippers versus Heat preview. Uh, the Clippers are getting the Heat on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. Um, they're playing the team across the hall the night we're recording this. Everyone for the Lakers is hurt pretty much, except for Russell Westbrook and AD. They have, like, nobody. Um, so maybe the Heat will get tired out. Hero was questionable for this, this Lakers game. Not really sure his status leading up to the Clippers game with them. We mentioned Serge Ibaka will be assigned to the G League for this game. Um, a bunch of other guys were assigned for the G League, which leaves the Clippers with nine active players for this game versus the Heat. We're going to have PG, Reggie, Luke, Terrence, Zoo, Bled, Batum, Hartenstein, and Winslow. So that's what we're working with. Um, Will, what do we need to do well to get this win streak to six? So I'd like to see us trying to exploit some size mismatches in the paint. Okay. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo is a versatile and mobile uh, center but I'd like to see us establish a presence down low. Look, a shorthanded Denver squad beat this heat team by 17. And a big part of that was a a big part of that was outscoring the heat 50 to 26 in the paint. So we need, we need zoo to play to his size. Uh, Would love to kind of, you know, reestablish some of the pick and roll chemistry that we saw between Zubats and Bledsoe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope that's possible to reestablish at this point. (laughs) We also got to look to create some driving lanes for Paul George. And then we got to keep them off the offensive glass uh, in the Heat's down-to-the-wire win over Utah. They outscored them 21-9 to in second-chance points. Uh, and, you know, defensively, we also have to do our, do our work to keep them out of the paint. Less than a third of the Heat's points are coming from beyond the three-point line. They sh- they, about 31% of their points come from three. What was it, 1994? <laughs> What's that? So was it 1994? <laughs> yeah, it's bottom 10 in the NBA. I mean, it's it's shockingly low. I, it, it, when you look at the numbers uh, per game, you know, it'll be like sub 30 and you're kind of like, huh. Uh, Working so, so far for him a bit. I mean, it, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they, 
they, that, they do it. The paint situation is crazy um, with the shorthanded uh, Denver team. I can't believe they doubled them up in paint uh, points on that. Really hope we can get some size advantage on there. The other thing that we need to do well, the Heat are going to give us three-pointers. Um, they have a top five defensive rating, but they allow the third, or excuse me, the most three-point attempts per game to their opponent in the league with 42 shots from beyond the arc. The flip side of this is they're defending it pretty well. They're only holding these attempts to just 31%. So teams aren't exactly lighting it up from deep against the Heat. But this Clippers team has the personnel to do that. Um, the Clippers average 39 three-point attempts a game so far this season, um, which is kind of, I mean, they could really get a lot uh, more against this Heat team. And really, this is just kind of more of the same from the Clips. Like during the five-game win streak, we're actually taking two fewer threes per game um, than we usually do. But the shots are going to be there. We just need someone other than, you know, Paul George and maybe Reggie and Luke to hit them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the defense. So looking into what could go wrong, I'm worried that we could get stifled by this heat defense. Look, they're a top five def defensive rebounding team in terms of defensive rebounding percentage stat that you know that we love on this podcast. <laughs> uh, they're also top five in opponent second chance points. So opponents are not getting a lot of points uh, on the glass on the second attempt. So we're definitely either going to need to knock down shots or find a way to kind of reverse that, which will be difficult given, you know, this team's kind of shortcomings that they've had rebounding. Uh, they're also top a top three defense in terms of opponent points in the paint. Uh, so that's going to be a difficult place to score. But I, I do think with some of the size advantages that we have, we, we might be able to mitigate some of that. Um, and, you know, looking at this team, they're technically a lower ranked defense in terms of defensive rating. <laughs> But like looking at the things this team does well, I mean, this is a really good defensive team that is yeah. going to present a massive challenge for this Clippers team. Uh, what else do you think could go wrong in this one? We, we're, we're playing a team that is the opposite of the Clippers in terms of pace, and we might get bogged down by them. Um, Ty Lue mentioned before the season, started that he kind of wanted the Clippers to be faster. And so far, we're a top 10 team in pace, which is Oh, great. that's actually surprising. I, yes, I was surprised by that. The Heat are 28th in pace. So we got to stick to our guns. If we're making shots, I mean, everything helps if we shoot like we know this team can. And I'm surprised that this Heat actually team has a lower defensive rating than us. Do you think that the Heat are in the situation where they're a legitimately good defensive team? and have held teams to poor shooting, while the Clippers have maybe, I don't know if gotten lucky is the right term, but been fortunate with some shooting nights from other teams? Like, do we think the Heat's defense is better than the Clippers' defense, basically? So we've, we've talked about this uh, a little bit, you and I, and, like, looking at the numbers, I mean, I would be inclined to believe that this Heat defense is a better team defense um, on on the whole. I, there's things, like, in that Portland game that actually, like, really bothered me defensively where, you know, we were giving up open looks at three, and, like, we just got lucky in that they weren't falling down. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm not, like, out on the defense on this team because it, it has looked really, really good at times. And I do think personnel-wise, this definitely should be a top five, you know, sort of, or can be a top five right. defensive team uh, in the league. But I, I would say that maybe the Heat, I don't know, like just the things that the Heat are doing well to me, like are a little bit more indicative of a team that is defensively maybe a little bit more on the same page. Yeah, further um, along, a little more. I know they added, you know, Lowry and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, they have a great coach, too. So it, it's similarities for sure. But I think I tend to agree with you with the stats that matter. They're doing a good job at it. Another thing that could go wrong is like we let them get into their rhythm in the mid range. You know, I. I I talked about, you know, they don't take a lot of threes. 
Uh, but they're like just outside the top five or fifth, if you count the tie at, at four, uh, in terms of <laughs> which I of do their, in terms of the percentage of their points that are scored in the mid range. You know, we know what Jimmy Butler can do. Uh, and, you know, we've seen what happens when this team lets an opponent get to the shots that they're comfortable with. Uh, you know, the guys, you know, start seeing the ball go in and mm-hmm. suddenly they can light it up from everywhere. Not they're not just restricted to the mid range. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Let's get into these key matchups now. You talked about Bam Adebayo a bit up top. He's putting up 18 and 12, also doing insane things on the defensive end of the floor for the Heat. Like, we're obviously not going to play him off the floor defensively. Zoo has a height advantage on him. But I also think, is there a chance we see Batum on Bam sometimes? Like, we have, I mean, we might not, depending on the person, we only got nine guys, so I don't know how small we'll go all the time. But I'm just hoping, like you said, we see some physicality mostly from zoo to kind of set the tone early in this one yeah uh, i mean batum on adebayo is certainly like an interesting call and without the opportunity to even have surge um (laughs) you know i I wonder if we'll go back to seeing a a little bit more small ball uh tbd another one i'm looking at is bledsoe versus lowry like these are both players that are you know high iq sort of solid defensive minded guards who are very comfortable putting scoring in the backseat to get teammates (laughs) going so i'm hoping that bledsoe's kind of recently improved play can continue in this guard matchup um so yeah we'll we'll see how that one goes it's going to be one to monitor as well that one's going to be fun to watch i cannot wait to watch uh paul george versus jimmy butler um, yes, you got 25, six and five versus 27, eight and five. <laughs> like It's going to be a re- I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. Who do we think gets closer to their current averages in this game? PG being the 27, eight and five. Jimmy being 25, six and five. Oh, man, these are just both so close. I I'm thinking I, I'm liking Paul George. I think that he's due for another kind of scoring explosion. Yeah. Uh, over 30. Yeah. It's a good call. Yeah, we got to put Butler into a ton of motions to help Paul George out. Um, I think we're going to see multiple looks on Butler, like Batum, PG, and I'm not really sure else who we'd want taking him, depending how he's playing at the time. I guess maybe Bledsoe. Maybe Man. Yeah, maybe Man. That's a good call. Um, what's this last matchup, What I th- which I think is actually kind of the most important matchup? Honestly, to me, this would be the Clips versus their most quality win of the season. It's a good um, call. You know, this is a team that is leading the East. Um, More quality than the comeback in Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, you know, we had that great close game against the Warriors who are still lighting it up. They've still only lost a single game as of the time we're recording this. Um, it, so, you know, we know that it's there uh, or it can be there. But I, I think that that would be like a nice topper uh, on top of like the win streak is just getting in like a, a really high quality win. And not that any of the other ones necessarily haven't. But this been would be a quality, nice win. But I this know is what kind you're of saying. A, this is yeah. a different tier of opponent. This is like an actual contender opponent um, yeah. that it would be good to get a win over, especially if they're on the second night of a back-to-back. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, we're past 10 games. It, it's been affirmed like what teams are pretty close to being kind of who we think they're going to be at the end of the season. Maybe, but I do think the Heat are so well coached. And they have the personnel. They're probably one of them. Um, man, let's go Clips. Let's get this six win. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking Thirsty Thursday. Got some great matchup stuff in here about, or lineup stuff in here about Bledsoe, as well as a brief discussion about Surge in the G League. But first, we got to give a shout out to Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, 
totally over. But you can still bet on the NBA, which just started, as well as the NHL and your UFC MMA action. Before the next uh, tip-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the middle of the season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. That's all cap letters, one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back with Thirsty Thursday. Every single Thursday, we talk about who and what we're thirsty for, what we want to see more of. And Charles, why don't you kick us off with some of the kind of biggest news in the Clippers sphere surrounding Serge Ibaka? Yes. So uh, Serge was assigned to the G League for the game versus the Heat. Um, they're playing the night we're recording this, actually. Um, he's down there with Brandon Boston Jr., Keon, in a mirror. But was this kind of a surprise? Like, it is, I have two questions. Was this a surprise? And is partially this due to the fact that Hartenstein's playing so well? So we're able to put Serge in the G League and don't have to rely on him for like three minute stints in an NBA game. I mean, this was a massive surprise to me. Um, yeah, I, I like wasn't sure if it was a joke or not. Um, <laughs> the Clippers so, PR playing a classic injury report joke. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I was not expecting this. You know, it. We had worried if you know, like maybe his plan to recovery had taken a, a bit of a back step just with the decrease in minutes that we saw in the second game. Mm-hmm. Look, man, he looks a little clunky uh, moving around, and I. I'm currently not worried about that long term, um, but I, I think that it would help to get him up to game speed. It makes sense to, you know, maybe ha- increase his minutes um, in, in the G League uh, just to get him, you know, get get him back up to speed. Because, you know, we've heard him talk about how he, he doesn't really feel like he's at <laughs> NBA yeah. speed right now, and he doesn't look it either. So, I, I you know, I think that ultimately it could be positive, but. Yeah, I was in no way expecting this. It, it kind of reminds me when they send like a big league uh, pitcher down to go throw like 40 pitches versus the double A guys or something like that. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope he starts moving well. Like I, if anyone's watching the ACC game, don't worry about his stats. We just want Serge to be moving well. Like that's the biggest thing to take away from this. Um, let's go ACC. Hope he brings some uh, high fashion down there. Let's get in to these Bledsoe stats. Bledsoe's kind of been like the hottest like topic, I guess, with Clippers fans, especially on Twitter, in terms of there's a backlash about him and then everyone's saying be easy on him because he's been playing well. Let's talk about Bledsoe. Sure. So, I, you know, I'm kind of thirsty to explore some more combinations around Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. Looking at this regular starting lineup uh, with Batum in the starting lineup, that lineup is overall like a, a negative 0.6. So, you know, just about net neutral. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into that negative part of that is, you know, right, just yeah. <laughs> the, the eight games having a couple of ugly games in there um, that this, this this starting unit has um, put in together. An encouraging thing is that they are averaging more assists than any other lineup uh, that features Bledsoe sig- like with significant time. Um, so, you know, that that definitely makes sense. It, sure. it bodes well. Um the numbers for the starters with Morris in the starting lineup uh, with Bledsoe as well are far worse. Uh, granted, very limited sample size, but that lineup uh, was minus 10.5. Damn. And I don't think, especially just with, you know, I, Bledsoe looked really good in that first game. I think that this yeah. is kind of more uh, an indication of sort of how off Morris was Super uh, physically in, in sort of his game. So, yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to look at. I, I guess like the question before I I dive into like some more of these like other possible lineups is you know like maybe this combination of Reggie and Bledsoe hasn't been as potent as we thought it would be on paper. It makes um, so much sense on paper. We've talked about this with Man and Reggie too, where it's like all of this. If you look at the stats on their shot charts looks exactly like you want it to look for a backcourt for this Clippers team. Totally. And I think the issue that we saw was that, you know, Reggie maybe wasn't as comfortable playing like as much off ball as he was. I, I think, you know, he, he probably yeah. needs the ball in his hands a little bit more. And the issue therein comes like, okay, so what do you do with Bledsoe if, if Reggie has the ball in his hands? Like yeah. if they're not doing like small, small, you know, pick and roll kind of stuff, like, it's very limited in, in sort of the utility of Eric Bledsoe. Sure, you can have him stand in the corner. And sure, Oof. like he might even have nights where he hits 50% from three. My question is, though, is just like, is that the best usage of Eric Bledsoe? Because I mean, absolutely I think not. Yeah, I, I would have to say no. Like that, yeah. that doesn't really make a lot of sense for his style of play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll see like one of the first substitutions uh, will be, you know, They'll swap in uh, like Terrence Mann uh, for Bledsoe or yep. somebody and, and, and leave Reggie out there. But I'm wondering if maybe we do the inverse of that and like maybe we move in Mann for Reggie and maybe even take it a step further and go uh, Hart for Zoo as well. Whoa. Uh, just to kind of give it a feel. Um, I'm being bombarded by takes right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely a possibility. Look, yeah, uh, you do have Ty Lue as a head coach. Bledsoe's time on court with Paul George has been maximized thus far with a lineup featuring that duo plus Kennard, Mann, and Hartenstein. Uh, these lineups are plus 2.3 net rating. Look, they've been featured pretty sparingly. It's like two and a half minutes a game. Yeah. One interesting thing to look at, though, uh, the combinations of Bledsoe and Terrence Mann seem to be very real. Uh, Which makes no sense on paper when you really sit down and think about it. (laughs) Well, I I just think it's because Terrence Mann doesn't need the ball in his hands to score. That's a good call. Um, Like of the 10 positive plus minus lineups that feature Bledsoe, Nine of them feature Terrence Mann. Wow. Uh, okay. Which makes me think there must be something to that combination, sure. which once again, like maybe, you know, instead of having Bled be the first guard out, Reggie is the first guard out and have, have Mann come in or have Kennard come in or, you know, it, it's very clear, you know, like what we need around Bledsoe to make Bledsoe effective. Yes. Uh, so sure. anytime Paul George needs a breather, it, you know, it, it makes the most sense to surround him with shooters. Yeah. Um. One of the highest. You got to take this lineup with a grain of salt because it it, it has <laughs> <All right. laughs> it, it has the highest plus minus of of any lineup uh, that features Bledsoe without Paul George, and that that lineup has been uh, Bledsoe, Reggie, Kennard. Batum and Hart, and I know that I'm contradicting myself here with the whole Reggie thing, uh, but I think that like I, I think that having an extra shooter who doesn't need the ball in his hands in Kennard, uh, as well as a guy who can pass and kind of m- add some motion to the offense in Hart, and then you know obviously we know what Batum can do. 
is interesting. Uh, you know, th- this lineup has only averaged like 1.8 minutes and they only have like one or two appearances. So this has not been featured heavily, as I said, sure. super grain of salt. Two might see it against the Heat, though. One. We only got nine guys. Like, yeah, we might see this happen at some point. So th- that one, it like has the highest plus minus. But like I said, very limited sample size. Another one that's seen a little bit more time uh, is a PG less lineup featuring Bledsoe, Kennard, Mann, Batum and Hart. Um, okay. that lineup is plus 1.6 in just under four minutes a game. I like that lineup. They're four and one, uh, through the five games that they've, that that lineup has been featured in. I, I mean, it just feels like we have the formula. It seems like definitely some combination of, of Bledsoe and man, you add a shooter or two. I mean, Bled um, man canard seems like the three guard lineup that, you know, to kind of like, not to start the game, obviously, but that's a nice two guard lineup. We saw those three with Hartenstein and Justice Winslow versus the Blazers. And that was ugly basketball, but I blame Justice Winslow for that. Um, so I think bled man canard. I think you're onto something with this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that could be something. Damn. I hope Ty Lue's listening. Um, yeah, man and bled. I also like just kind of intangible wise, what man can kind of learn from blood. So defensively, um, I think man, Dude, imagine if Mann had the kind of mentality that Bledsoe does where he's trying to prove that he's the biggest guy out there when he's guarding bigger guys. Like Terrence Mann with that mentality because he's already huge would be awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thirsty for... I'm thirsty for this rebounding to stay on its current path. Um, per Justin Russo, after the first five games, the Clippers were 29th in offensive rebounding rate and 28th in defensive rebounding rate. Over this win streak, they're up to 16th for defensive and, or excuse me, 16th for offensive and 11th for defensive rebounding rate. It's obvious that when the Clippers, you know, tie the boards at least, um, they're probably going to win the game. Is it crazy to think that once we get everyone healthy, and by everyone, I mean everyone except for Kawhi, that we could end up a top 12 rebounding team? Oh, man. Just above, just barely above average. I don't know. I think the ceiling might be average rebounding team. It hurts because um, I think you're right. Like it, it's like there's just some limitations. Like currently, also until we get, I'll have to look at the stats when we get everyone healthy. But I think they could maybe do it. But you gotta have Zoo step up a bit. Yeah, that's yeah. honestly. Kind I, of what I mean, like, <laughs> look, I, I think that we have the personnel to do it. It just. It, it hasn't materialized. It's kind of been a weak point um, of oh, this absolutely. team that we've seen rear its ugly head, you know, um, even with Kawhi in the lineup. So, sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that with no Kawhi, we might be looking at like, yeah, like that kind of 14 or 15. Um, That's fair. for maybe even a ceiling, which I, I don't know. <laughs> um. I'm excited for the offense uh, to catch up with the defense right now. We kind of talked about a little bit. We're third in the league at defensive rating with 102.1. What's more sustainable, staying third in the league or keeping it at 102.1, which are two different things? Oh, I don't know. Uh, 102.1 seems like... Borderline elite. I mean, it's third in the league. It's elite. That's a staunch defensive rating. I, I, I usually... I wonder, too, how we'll see scoring kind of shift because it's not uncommon for, you know, you know, scoring to be lower in a regular season at the, at the beginning of the, of the year. And, you know, this season you add in like the extra variable of, you know, the, 
the foul or like the extensive fouling rules kind of changing. Yes. So it makes sense that, you know, scoring is going to be down, but I would assume it would go up. And I think 102. Look, man, I'd be I would damn be, good. I would be shocked. I would be <laughs> shocked if this team's defensive rating was 102.1 at, at the end of the season. All right. 18th in offensive rating currently um, at 106.8. Last season, we were at 117 and fourth in the league. Not sure if we'll get that high. What's the ceiling for this offensive rating? Top 10? I think top 10. Top 10 seems doable. Top five? Uh, that seems a little bit much. Yeah. Top five Western Conference? Oof, no. Hmm. Fair. I mean, whole league, probably not. I think they could do top. I mean, they'll obviously be top eight, <laughs> right? They have to be. Um, but yeah, I think maybe I think top seven is doable. Um, let's start your thirsty four over at Locked On Clips. Uh, we're going to get into shavings next, a new hot term in the NBA, as well as just kind of a cool behind-the-scenes look at the locker room. But first, we got to give another shout-out to McDonald's. Uh, this episode of Locked On Clippers is brought to you by Rock and Roll McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurry. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you look forward to stopping out a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say Locked On Clippers watch party at McDonald's? Sure. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Okay, so we're back with shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else. Charles, tell me about ghost screens. What are they? (laughs) Who okay, are they for? So, so, <laughs> uh, what do they know? Uh, so ghost screens, uh, Mo Dacchio did a fantastic video on this. He does a video series called One Mo Thing on his Twitter where you will learn a whole bunch about basketball if you watch it. But it's Ellie Clips Film was talking about this too. It's when a guy comes up uh, and looks like he's posturing, he's doing the same mannerisms that you would uh, set a screen for a ball handler and then just doesn't basically. Um, just kind of continues to run a full sprint this causes a very slight hesitation from the defense while they try to decide what they're going to do coverage-wise. Um, the Clippers did this versus Portland with Paul George setting a ghost screen for Bledsoe, who then had an open driving lane, which pulled Isaiah Hartenstein's guy towards him because the runner still had to go with Paul George out to the perimeter. Um, and then Hart filled the space. Hart got the ball from Bledsoe for an easy dunk. So it's kind of it's just kind of cool to watch once you kind of like see a video of it explaining what it is. Because it really, it causes the smallest hesitation between the defender. And then it's really on the ball handler kind of attack um, these ghost screens, I guess. But I think this goes to your thing. Seeing that with Bledsoe in a lineup can really open up his driving abilities. Yeah. Also, no coincidence that Hart was in this lineup. Um, Yes. Super good call. (laughs) Looking at the numbers. But yeah, I, I think that this is cool. And I think it's one of those things, too, that if you like pepper in, I mean, like you're as a defender, you know, you're so used to expecting the screen coming yeah. that when you see the guy going to set it, um, you I, you naturally makes, get that lull of like, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, you know, braced for the screen and then all of a sudden it's not coming. Yeah. So sound smart. Drop ghost screens next time you're talking to someone about basketball. Um, we got some potential good injury news that we missed the other night i guess um according to the tnt feed of the game uh clippers versus blazers a reporter said that Kawhi has been doing some and i quote explosive box jumping and morris should hopefully be back in the next week or two 
Um, Will, what is the difference between an explosive box jump and a regular box jump? Uh, explosive box jump. <laughs> explosive bo- box jump. You, you're just you're really getting up there. You're really going after it. You know, it's it's like the difference between your jump in a, like you know in a game of three on three and and Kawhi's jump, but okay. you know, that magnified to the explosive level. I thought it was just him going blast off every time he did well uh, he definitely he makes an audible sound <laughs> yeah he makes he's like, like a, a rocket ship uh, uh he definitely makes a sound it also damages equipment so you're hitting what's that button at that gym if guys are doing too much you oh the lug the lug button, the lug button or whatever <laughs> yeah. at, at planet fitness um does this do anything to change our your thought about Kawhi coming back this season not really yeah i kind of feel like this is potentially normal rehab uh also every guy who was injured uh who has come in so far this season has taken a step backwards <laughs> so, so maybe maybe sit this one out um yeah. and then morris hopefully being back in the next week or two that doesn't seem like very much new very new information that's pretty vague yeah yeah and i mean we've seen this before right like where it sounds like something is promising and then you know the goalpost kind of has a way sometimes with this organization of moving, um, sure. you know, which is a beautiful thing. It's a it's a ghost screen uh, on the health expectations, if you will. <laughs> I and this poses a question, uh, or maybe just a little bit of a soapbox thing. Why don't local beat people for the Clippers get these scoops? It for, we have Miriam, we have Grife, we have Tomer, all consistently asking about like Morris's health, like Kawhi's situation. It just frustrates me that ESPN gets this. I wish our local reporters got a few more scoops from the Clippers. Some tasty scoops. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, like I guess on one hand, like from a PR perspective, like maybe you want to have the hype machine reach like the largest amount of eyes and 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 the people who, um, the people who will get attention like maybe outside of the Clipper sphere. Right. Um, I, I think that that's definitely an option, but I do think that it creates a weird dichotomy uh, like for, you know, people who cover the team day in, day out. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, with people who, you know, the Clippers are like kind of barely on their radar. Yeah. It, it's a little like, I don't know if belittling is the right word, but it just doesn't, feel, I don't know. I want those people to get those scoops. Like they're there every day. Like, you know, like they put in a bunch of work for the team. I just also think that like maybe we've seen um, and it's a little unfortunate, but like maybe this just isn't a team that has the crossover appeal of of some other teams. I think that's fair um, to to a casual fan. And, you know, that's fine. It, it is what it is. I mean, they're the jazz have been pretty solid. Nobody gives a shit about them. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not just us. It happens to a ton of people. Yeah, that's a good call. Um and then there was some cool like behind the scenes stuff found from a Clippers social post, which I don't know if they meant to do. Um, it's from the team. It's when PG come into the locker room after they beat the Blazers and the whiteboard behind them in all cap letters says attack. And then Lillard, McCollum, uh, Simons, and then parentheses, the second unit. And they well, did. And they very much did. So it was cool to see that game plan and it worked. Also, kind of a cool glimpse into the locker room that the media kind of used to get pre-COVID things. Um, yes. used to see kind of game plan stuff. They would cover a lot of stuff up. Um, but every now and then you'd see like a couple of depth chart notes and stuff like that. What's your favorite Clippers locker room memory? Um, other than the Lou will singing old town road, which is everyone who was in the locker room that time's favorite. Um, I guess, 
I guess I have a couple. One is just a general one, and it's basically Zubats before every game. He would, you know, a lot. There's there's generally like more media members than there are uh, players yeah. in the locker room pregame. Um, but Zoo would almost always be there, and he would almost always be willing to talk for five, ten, yeah. <laughs> truly however many minutes. Um, it would like you were allowed to be in the locker room. Uh, which I always thought was like really fun and 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 interesting. Um, Shows a lot about what kind of guy he is too. Zoo is a great interview, like in the locker room. Like he, yeah. he will talk about basketball forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, yeah, and I think it's something that he enjoys doing. You know, he he gets probably a lot less opportunities than other guys. Um, <laughs> sure, <laughs> especially you know like when he first came to this team. Um, yeah. But my other one, man. <laughs> This one's an all-timer for me, and it has to be the Miriam Swanson, Pat Beverly showdown Man. after the release of the infamous Yovan article detailing the Clippers' chemistry issues. Yeah, that was uh, that was it crazy. was a barn burner. That, that was, was a doozy. Yeah, Patrick Beverly was basically like telling Patrick everyone Beverly. who was media, like you could have stopped this. Patrick Beverly was under the impression that all of us worked for the athletic, (laughs) which I can assure you is not the case. Hey, I wish, I guess. But yeah. And then Miriam was just like, I don't work for the athletic. Like I couldn't have done that. It was so sweet. Like, yeah, that was awesome. Um, Shout out Miriam. Shout out Miriam. She's great. I think that's up there. Um, I mean, that's definitely like number one for me, I think. I think the time when... I think it was Rodney Magruder had a stinger during a game. Like he had like a cramp in his leg or something. (laughs) Yeah. And was like having to like, kind of like, like, you know, like limp Limp across court court. and like maybe guard someone super fast. But the next game, Pat Bev and someone else was watching this and just kind of laughing at it with Rodney Magruder and rewinding it. Like whoever was on the remote had really good rewind and fast forward skills because it was pretty funny. They were doing an impression of him. That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a good time. Um, Well, we'll never have locker access again. So we got to look back on these fondly. Waiting for Trez to like get out of the shower, get his like chains on and teeth in was also always a good time. Yes, um, man, th- there's been like just some really great locker rooms that we've gotten to witness through this team. So hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully the hang will be open for business again soon. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, Friday's episode, we're doing a Clips versus Heat recap, a double weekend preview because it's the first Clippers back to back. So that should be a good time. Uh, Wolves Bulls Saturday Sunday. And then, of course, I love Mary Quarantine. Will, where can these fantastic people tell their friends and trusted uh, loved ones where to listen to our podcast? Only tell people you trust. Uh, <laughs> well, you can tell people you don't trust, but you can check us out on iTunes and the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Sasquatch Pods. You look, gotta look hard, but they are out there. It's a little grainy. <laughs> we swear. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to help the show out, you can leave a rating or review over on iTunes or the podcast app, regardless of where you listen. It really helps us out. Uh, we mentioned up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday. That's 7 a.m. Pacific. Hey, the clips are on a roll. We're on a roll, I think. Uh, I think we absolutely are. That's why the team's well, playing so well. Why don't you roll with us? Why not? I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.